Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Howdy, and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. This is episode 34. Today is Wednesday, April 27th, 2016. And uh, where to start? So big shout out to everyone that participated in our live Facebook stream or whatever you want to call it, live uh, Facebook Live, Facebook Live, and our live broadcast um, yesterday on Tuesday, the 26th where I hosted a Q&A session to procure some content for this episode. So if you were one of the people that asked a question in our, our uh, Q&A session yesterday, um, those questions are going to be answered. So I took some time to do a little bit more research around those questions so I could provide um, good quality answers because in the moment it's hard. And uh, like I say, every time I've done one of these podcasts, I think I'm not an expert. So and in fact... Um, on a small aside, before I get into the actual questions and answers, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, really, the, the, this is the community of public land hunting enthusiasts. So the live Q&A session just goes to show how much collective knowledge we all have as a community of public land hunting enthusiasts. Um, and the majority of the people that did participate were, in fact, public land hunters. So it's pretty cool to see that feedback um, and see everyone helping each other out, answering questions amongst the audience and the group. Um, so and, and really kind of figure out what those questions are and then give some good answers to provide some real value for, for all you listeners. So um, that said, the first question that was posed to the group is, uh, is it better to not use a decoy and just call. So let me, let me back up here. I'm always so damn fast. Apologize. The Q and a was specifically centered around using decoys when turkey hunting. So that's the topic for this week. Uh, turkey decoy is the real McCoy. So the question that was asked is, um, is it better to not use a decoy and just call? So the answer that I found after digging around a little bit on the World Wide web, um, and sadly with turkey hunting, I'm not, I'm not very experienced or, uh, experienced at all other than having seen plenty of turkeys in the woods when I'm deer hunting and things of that nature. So, um, you know, it's one thing that I will do eventually and will, I can't wait actually all this talking about turkey hunting is really making me want to do it more than ever before. So the answer to the question, um, it's, it's better to not use a decoy for fall turkey hunting. So, um, you know, the question again, is it better to not use a decoy and just call? If it's fall, that probably makes a lot more sense. Uh, it is better to use um, both methods in the spring uh, due to the, the bird's mating habits. So turkeys mate in the spring and thus are more responsive um, and, and or on the prowl for hens. So you'll have a better chance using a decoy 
um, in the springtime. However, I'll, I'll kind of double up on that answer in the next question here because it kind of overlaps a little bit and you'll see what I'm talking about here. So the, the next question, how many, how many hens should I put out with a Jake and or a Tom? So if you're the ones that, that ask these questions, hopefully these are good answers for you guys and gals. Um, the, this is a multi, multi-faceted answer. I got three bullet points here. So how many hens should I put out with a Jake or a Tom? One hen and one Jake decoy. This is because you may be able to attract hens or gobblers. If a dominant hen comes in, she can bring a gobbler into range by, by her being present. Uh, the Jake decoy is used primarily to make a mature gobbler aggravated. When the gobbler comes in, then sees a young Jake already with the hen, they'll come in swinging. And then back to using or not using a decoy, which I just mentioned a little bit ago, uh, and I kind of compared that to spring or fall season, fall turkey hunting. Um, it may be best to use more decoys in the fall, up to four or five decoys to create a flock since turkeys are traveling together during that time of year. So to answer the first question, um, it, it might always be better to use a decoy end calls in the springtime. You just have to know why and how, how they're going to be perceived and what the effectiveness is going to be. So in the spring, again, because they're mating, you're going to want to use the decoys a little differently versus in the uh, fall, you're going to use more decoys to potentially more decoys to um, try to appear like there's a flock there so they can group up. So two different reasons or methodologies behind that. Um, but really it's up to the hunter and, and the experience and success or, failure that you've had with, with all of that, you know, if you've never had a turkey, if you've never gotten a turkey yet and you've never used a decoy, well, it might not be a bad idea to try one, but if you've always used decoys, never gotten a turkey, you might have some disdain towards them. That's why we have this topic because there's, I don't think there's ever a right or wrong answer, obviously, but it's really good to hear what other people have to say. So, um, someone asked anybody use the raspy hen mouth call and someone answered, uh, in the group. So I just took that answer and they said, uh, raspy hens are good. Just practice with the mouth calls and, uh, go ahead. And they, they mentioned looking up something called top calls. So I have a link here for that. Let me just, uh, pull that up real quick here. So top calls, turkey mouth calls, um, top outdoors, top outdoor products is the company and their website is top calls, T O P C A L L S.com. Um, they're in Pennsylvania and they have, they have a lot of options ranging from $7 for a real hen all the way up to like, you know, $19 for a triple X series, whatever that means. Um, the deep raspy cutting yelping, uh, the X sighted hen for highball, uh, lifelike cutting and yelping, yada, yada, yada. So they have a bunch of products here. It's a pretty rough looking website, but I'm sure that means they have a really great product question mark, but you know, if they come recommended, I would say it's worth, it's worth a try. Um, another question that was posed to the group was, uh, the decoy brands and two that were mentioned commonly, uh, throughout the thread. We had 86 comments on the, uh, Q and a. So if you get a chance to look at some of that stuff, there's probably a lot of value just inside the comment feed too. But, uh, Avian, hopefully I'm saying that right. And Dave Smith decoys or, or DSD, uh, were the two biggest brands that were mentioned. The Avian seemed to be a better value. Perhaps, uh, there's around 60 ish dollars. Um, as their average. And then the Dave Smith decoys looked, I mean, I, so I looked at the avian ones first and I was like, Oh man, these look great. These are like really, you know, they look very lifelike and Holy crap, 60 bucks. All right. Not bad. Then I go to the Dave Smith decoys website and their average price range is about 120. So double just when I thought the avian looked legitimate, 
these Dave Smith ones looked like it, it's no wonder you hear all these stories of other turkey hunters shooting <laughs> shooting other turkey hunters decoys or being drawn in by another turkey hunter calling um, and then another hunter goes towards its decoy thing and it's real I mean I've always thought that was completely foolish that that would happen but once you see these things you'll understand maybe how that's possible because these decoys look like the truth I mean they're they're as turkey like as I could imagine i mean without putting a stuffed freaking turkey out there honestly which that probably wouldn't be a bad idea either anyway so um again talked about brands those are the two if you know any other brands um feel free to drop us a line and we'll see if we can't um you know do a little bit of research on that too so the the last question that i have posed here can toms actually be scared off by a jake decoy so i'll repeat it again so can toms actually be scared off by a jake decoy it's a pretty good question. A um, lot of opposing answers out there. It just, it, there's a couple of different variables, but I'll go over the things that I found to be most common. So this is um, someone from the actual Q&A responded directly and they said, I'm sorry, this is the same person, my, my bad. So the same person said he had two Toms gobbling at his Jake and uh, hen primo de- primos decoys for five minutes at 80 yards, but just wouldn't close the distance. They just wouldn't come in. So that's why I asked the question. Um, some of the things I have here are a big, a big Tom will come to a Jake decoy and so will a Jake. Um, personally, if I, if I were a Jake, as I'm thinking about this, I wouldn't want to get my ass kicked. So I think they'd hang up when they see any, any Toms with hens or a Tom with a hen. So, and, and it comes down to the character of the bird. There's, there's, been plenty of people who stated on forums that uh jakes have come into tom decoys though um you know there's there's times obviously when they're not either that's why the question was asked so the ones that do come in the jakes that come into a tom decoy they must just be all hopped up on testosterone or something if they're looking for a, a fight not realizing the guy's bigger than them or who knows what that looks like but i think the logic makes much more sense that if you use a jake not only will you get the Jake to come in, but you'll likely get the, the Tom to come in as well because they know they're the bigger batter boy on the block and they want to come in and kind of get him out of there. So a little bit more of an intimidation factor makes some sense. So that's those are the questions we had, what, one, two, three, four, five that I grabbed off of the feed to put on here that I thought were pretty darn good. Um, so, you know, if, you, if we're going to continue to do this, I'm going to do this. I, hopefully I can be consistent and do it weekly, do the Q&A grab some questions around a topic and then we'll, we'll go through these topics in this format. And and hopefully this will be a successful thing and you guys find it valuable. All right. This is the tip of the week. What do you want to know? It doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Uh, Tip of the week ought to be tips of the week. Once I find a tip, I can't, I kind of can't stop myself. So that said, when you're calling for turkeys, these are some of the things actually that came in through the Q&A again. So this isn't even, this isn't even like me. This is the audience. This is you guys providing value to yourselves and bringing it back around. I'm just a sounding board now. Um, but when you're calling for turkeys, think about um, trying to mimic the hens that are in the area. It's a pretty, pretty cool piece of advice that someone said. Um, you know, if you're, if you're listening and you're hearing a lot of activity in the woods and you're pretty good with the, the calls that you have, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. Every All these tips always seem like a no-brainer until you stop and think about it for two seconds. You're like, yeah, that's a great idea. I didn't think of that. So that's another one of those things. I didn't I didn't think that it would make – obviously it makes sense, but in hindsight, it's like, yeah, try to mimic the hens that are in the area. I mean, that will just increase your odds, right? 
another thing someone mentioned is uh, a, another no-brainer once you once you think about it but if it's not at the top of your mind um someone mentioned that you know if you're using decoys we talked a lot about decoys obviously they help take take attention off of you as the hunter so you know if the turkeys focus on that decoy you get you get a you can get away with just a little bit more movement or or whatever that looks like to get situated to make that shot so um you know rather if you if you didn't have a decoy that turkey's coming in he heard you call him and he's looking that tom's looking around for something and you move boom you're not the hen that he was looking for so decoys could really help in just that aspect alone that'll take their attention off of you long enough for you to get the shot in um i think there's a total of four tips here so i got two more afternoon i talked about this uh on the q a i think i mentioned it on the last podcast i don't re-listen to these things so i'm just going off of memory here but afternoon is a great time of the day to hunt um hens are off laying eggs and nesting so the toms are looking to pair up so keep that in mind if you're hunting morning and evening and you're not seeing anything you might want to give afternoon a shot if it's possible and if it's not try to make it possible you know you know, it's just call in sick. Don't, don't come back from your lunch break. <laughs> Take some risks. Get out there during the afternoon. See if it increases your odds of success um, because those those toms are really now they're on their own. Um, and I did a lot of reading and studying up on the, the day of, a, of the life in a hen from a biological standpoint to really understand what the hell these things are doing. And, and the, the hens will lay, I think, up to, um, I don't know, between 13 and 18 eggs or something like that. Uh, and they'll, leave, they'll lay an egg a day. And, you know, once they have all their eggs laid, then they'll go and inseminate them um, to fertilize them or whatever. And then they'll, so that way they're all hatching at the same time. So there's consistency there. And all the eggs are on the same timetable. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and then the next tip is uh, when toms are with hens, they're harder to, to get to respond. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, this is where and when a tom decoy may come in handy to spark some competitive nature. So this is something that um, I think was mentioned on the Q&A where, you know, we talked about, you know, should I use a, a Jake or a Tom decoy? And we said, you know, go with a Jake just to make sure you're not going to miss that opportunity. So if you do have a Tom decoy, when is the appropriate time? Not that you're going to go run it out there when you find these birds or something like that, but if they're paired up with hens and there's another Tom around, that might be enough to, to trip his trigger to get him go, okay, I need to, I need to deal with this guy over here if I'm going to, intend on holding on to these hens um and some of this stuff sounds a lot like human nature which is interesting to me so you know guys are very competitive in in general right so it's it's just kind of interesting uh, that said we're going to move on to the the next segment looking for a spot to hunt download the free where to hunt app for your smartphone today avoid hunters see less people see more deer with the Where to Hunt app, you will know where other hunters are before you see them. Just search Where to Hunt from the App Store to download today. Yeah, sorry about that. I have to get that ad updated. Um, I know it says to see more deer, and obviously we're talking, we're talking about turkey right now. So sorry about that. But yeah, go download the app. Um, it's free. Where to Hunt. I think if you search, actually, I think it's more effective if you search um, GPS hunting app from the App Store. It should pop up pretty quick. But uh, so in, the, in the, the last segment of the show for now is, uh, it, and it has been, it's going to continue to be for a little while, it's uh, what's in the news. And I actually came across uh, an, an article from Outdoor Hub and also Outdoor News. So in two different places, uh, Bass Pro is moving forward with buying Cabela's. Interesting. Um, 
So I have an article here, and I'm going to go ahead and read it off to you guys and gals. Last November, Outdoor Hub reported on speculation that Bass Pro Shops, a privately held outdoor retailer, was interested in buying out one of its biggest competitors, Cabela's. It now appears that Bass Pro is moving forward and making a bid on its rival with the help of Goldman Sachs. So that's pretty interesting. That's one hell of a backing. Reuters broke the news this week, reporting that sources say Bass Pro and Goldman Sachs Group's private equity arm partnered up to make an offer for Cabela's. The news almost instantly caused Cabela's shares to jump uh, 8.4%, ending up with 6.4% increase to $52.51 a share last Tuesday. So far, both Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops have declined to comment on the issue. Um, and it's and it's alleged that uh, Bass Pro Shops is like the freaking rent-a-cop or version of the outdoor retail world. It's just not as good of a quality product. And the story of how Cabela's got started is pretty interesting and fascinating in and of, its, in and of itself. They just have a, a higher quality brand. So there's a lot of people cringing. However, there's also um, people saying that, you know, if it does happen, it's likely that they wouldn't change anything about the Cabela's brand due to the fact that so many people are engaged and invested in that brand. And there's so much loyalty behind it that it would behoove Bass Pro Shops to leave it be. So, and, and, so I'm going to read and quote here one more time from the article. There is, quote, so, quote, there is speculate. There is currently much speculation and some concern on how a sale would proceed. Cabela is currently has 67 stores operating in North America and employs about 19,300 people. The outdoor retailer was originally founded as a mail order business in 1961 by its namesake, Richard Cabela. This is a cool story if you didn't know it, and I didn't. Uh, Cabela started the company with nothing more than $45 worth of fishing flies. He ran the business from his kitchen table with his wife. Due to incredible incredible demand and its rising popularity, the company grew rapidly, uh, eventually settling in a 50,000-square-foot facility in Sydney, Nebraska. The company's sprawling headquarters remains in the city to this day. What a freaking cool thing, man. You know, who would have thought? It's just, it's just that kind of, those kind of stories are, that's the American dream. It blows my mind. He didn't set out to create, I, I doubt that he set out to have that vision that it was going to become what it is today, but that's pretty freaking cool. So, and then it goes on to say that some observers say that, um, should a sale to Bass Pro move forward, it is possible that Cabela's infrastructure would remain more or less intact. The Cabela's brand is very valuable and experts say that Bass Pro would be wise to preserve that. So that is the in the news um just an interesting interesting find i thought that was pretty cool a lot of people sharing that stuff on social media too if you weren't already aware now you're aware if you heard my uh podcast episode this week so that's that's what i got for you this week if you uh, want to get in touch we're going to do these q a's weekly i think i'll post events with the time so you can um check in and, and post a question see what's going on if you want to email me directly, you can email me at where to hunt wy at gmail.com. That's where the number two, the word hunt wy at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at w2hunt. And don't forget to check out our app at where to hunt app.com. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Appreciate your support and feedback. Have a great day and hunt public.